Welcome to Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond podcast. My name is Vignesh Devraj, an Ayurvedic doctor and a holistic health coach. Each week we share wisdom or interview an inspiring personality to guide you become your healthiest self. Remember, your health is your greatest asset. Today I have a very inspiring guest. Her name is Nidhi Singh. She's the founder and director of a community called PCOS Club India. And one of the reasons why I'm inviting her for my podcast is I personally as an Ayurvedic doctor I mean I always say in my previous podcast being an Ayurvedic doctor means a doctor of leftover patients many patients they go to many doctors and they see nothing worked and somebody said okay maybe you can go and try it with an Ayurvedic doctor and they come and tell me and they come and tell me okay I've been diagnosed with PCOS and do you have something like a contraceptive pill like in Ayurveda like some herbal pills and i tell them no it doesn't work with the pill you know you have to go through a life change only then you can heal yourself from that and i have been going through a lot of struggles in explaining to my patients how you can actually come out of pcos and then i saw a instagram profile called pcos club india and i saw the journey which nidhi singh was taking because she herself went through her pcos diagnosis and she realized she is not being aware of what exactly is the information that she needs from some of the doctors that she consulted and she realized abroad which means outside of india there are so many communities which are giving the right information for somebody who got diagnosed with pcos needs and that information was the life changing aspect of nidhi and i realized she is someone that is inspiring and we definitely need her in our podcast for all the listeners So welcome Nidhi I'm so happy to have you in my podcast I'm so looking forward to hear the stories from you Thank you Dr Devignesh thank you for a wonderful introduction I'm very very excited to talk about my journey and everything related to PCOS uh thank you so much for inviting me today So Nidhi you know you were living a very uh, comfortable corporate life I mean you had your masters from abroad and then coming back you are Uh, quite affluent with the kind of job security and the financial comfort that it gave you and then what i mean i'm sure this pcos was a trigger to come out of that so could you share your journey i mean what was that aha moment that made you quit that comfortable job and then start this movement and that too being the one of the first ones in india to i don't think there is any other any other person maybe it was maybe you could have been an inspiration for others if they have started but you were the first one to actually come up with this concept called PCOS Club India and i am really inspired by seeing the kind of resources that you have brought in in your community i'm sure many women uh, would need that now when somebody comes to me for consultation i would say maybe you could also follow her you know you could get a lot of insights and insight uh, you know information from her so i want to know your story what got you into this why you know uh, yeah, with so much of enthusiasm absolutely so i feel that uh, the reason what keeps me going currently is very very similar to when i started my pcs club india journey so when i started this page it was called uh, let's talk pcs it was very very personal blog and uh, you were right at that point in time there was nobody who was talking about it openly in fact when i first told my family um, they were not very comfortable me sharing that i have pcs because it relates to your menstrual health and you know how this topic is a taboo in our country uh so that triggered me why why will i not talk about it and when i got to know that it has to do somewhere related to your genetics as well not necessarily 
a diabetic genetic genes or a thyroid genes would cause PCOS, but then you are more exposed to those genes, right? So I thought it's even more important for me to talk to my father about it, to let him know that I'm going through this, to make myself comfortable because this journey is not going to end soon. Once I started blogging, and this was with my comfortable corporate job, very, very successful corporate career, uh, I soon realized that the messages that I used to get on my DMs, SMS, uh, was so, so gratifying, even more than my whole career. So I was mm -hmm. looking forward every day to post. I was looking forward to talk to people. And uh, I think very soon I realized that this is the need of the hour because every other person, my colleague, my friends, they, they had PCOS and nobody used to talk to each other, you know. Uh, it mm -hmm. should have been like we should be talking to each other so that we can uh, get into a comfortable zone. We, the emotional well-being is one of the most important part where nobody talks about. Uh, so these were the trigger points that uh, the gratifying moments that I still get that Nidhi, you know what, just because I saw that on your page, today I'm able to conceive. And I feel that I am that person who was behind you know, her hope and I might be giving hopes to so many people that I don't even know. So this is definitely more than what I'm doing in my corporate career. So I, that particular moment, I knew that I want to take this to, uh, you know, as many, as many people as I can, not in, only in India, but across the globe, whoever I can make difference to their lives. So that was that moment. And of course, a lot of it has to do my own personal journey, uh, my own emotional well-being, where the health practitioners, uh, cannot, un I, I won't say they cannot understand, but being in the shoes of a person who's going through PCOS, I sort of relate to them more. And that's what the trust and the love people get is because they know that, okay, because she's following, maybe I can also try doing that. So mm -hmm. it becomes very inspiring and even more inspiring, uh, you know, uh, for people to follow it more religiously. I can so relate to what you're talking. I mean, uh, as I listen to some similar things from my patients who come and visit me. And I think uh, the similar issues need not be that, uh, so, you know, it need not be that severe in abroad countries. But in India, I think one of the reasons why it is not spoken so outwardly is also because there is an issue of infertility element there. Hmm. And on top of that, Google makes a lot of people a hypochondriac. You know, they go and read Google and they see, oh my God, there is no cure yeah. for this and you have to live with it and uh, consult a doctor and maybe they end up giving them contraceptive pills or painkillers or metformin. So they're going to live with all these kind of things and the girl is still young. So suddenly the mother would bring the daughter in my consultation and say, doctor, she's diagnosed with this. Can something happen? She's going to get married in a few months. Uh, what yeah. am I going to tell the uh, husband, I mean, the fiance's family? I'm a bit concerned about this. And you could see that she's actually fine, but the mother is having all the problems and the pressure. And yeah. then that creates an unwanted, you know, that creates a lot of anxiety-related issues. Absolutely. And so knowing all this, I think we Indian Indians need to be a bit more open in talking of all the things that we think, okay, that's going to be shaming my community or myself. So yeah. hats off to you for starting something like that, uh, that too in India, where... We are a confused country in 
in many aspects especially among women's health and sexual health all of this put together no and just to add on what you rightly said that in india uh, if you so now as we're comparing to what communities outside have been doing uh, very well and we are definitely catching up is talking about your sexual health talking about your menstrual health very very early on um, you know in your life in terms of when you start menstruating very few people go to a gynecologist to un- ensure that okay gynecologist or doctor when should i come to you for checkups even yearly checkups for that matter i don't think mm-hmm. there's so much awareness about it so the more you go the more you regular about your health you would get to know it sooner the diagnosis will be sooner uh, secondly the google is i would not say it's bad if used mindfully uh if you look at the scholar papers if you look at research papers there is where your information is not just writing on google and looking at a random blog even for a uh, even for that matter newspaper articles we don't know what's the source so just by looking at uh, pcos can cause infertility can be really scary term it might cause infertility but that doesn't mean that you will be infertile for your whole life you can manage it you can reverse it so i feel uh, you know credible information is one thing that that's the reason what i try to bring on my platform is credible science backed trusted resources and i would say to top it all i think most important is the cultural aspect in india uh, which is very different from uh, the uh, other com- countries because um, you know the way the families are structured in india they are bigger families there are nuclear families in the metros but there are a lot of families where big big families a single uh, woman um, you know one woman is single handedly looking at the entire kitchen so mm-hmm. um, it is very different the cultural aspect has a lot to play here as well with the emotional well being of a woman where there are big big families and you you don't you can't have enough time with your partner or you don't have enough time or maybe you feel uncomfortable talking to your in-laws for that matter so those aspects i think are very very different for india when you compare to other countries and need to be addressed um such as for for example i recently uh, had a session where i had a session with a mother-in-law and uh, a woman uh, which mm-hmm. is a really important you know just to be open mm-hmm. about things father and a daughter uh which makes the person very comfortable that it's all right if you have peace so not tell me what i need to do you know um so yeah yeah that's that's what i wanted to say there i think one thing that your movement is definitely creating is you know it's creating that comfort zone it's okay to talk about pcos like it's not a big deal uh, it's just like somebody you know it, it's okay i always say pcos is a result of your unhealthy lifestyle and a woman not accepting her feminine side or uh, one of my other professors she treats a lot of uh, women with pcos and she would say a woman suffering from pcos is she is trying to be a man in some aspects of her life and that's why this hormonal imbalance could happen but that's a very raw way of looking at it but uh, in some way it's also a hormonal imbalance that is happening now uh, with the google thing the issue is i have seen some uh, patients they come and say okay we did the blood test we did the uh, you know ultrasound scan and certain other reports came and then it could be a possible pcos and immediately they go to the google and then the next day when i see them they are like full of anxiety and the heart rate has gone up 
this is something scary how what do i do with de- deal with that and then i have to sit make them sit down and explain to them it's just like changing your lifestyle and then slowly things change right. and sooner a patient gets this knowledge she can solve a lot of problems that she's going through so uh, nidhi in your journey i mean if you were let's say what you are today if you knew this information when you got diagnosed with that how would it be different it would have been absolutely different i would not have been confused so many years of my life i'll tell you honestly the time my doctor told me that nidhi you are at risk of pcos that was very early when i just left college uh newly graduated what what age were you i think i was about 21 So 21 mm-hmm. years old I was at risk of PCOS when I started to develop symptoms but I did not have like a full blown PCOS. Uh I did not take it seriously because the problem is gynecologists these days or earlier wherever it is they do not have enough time uh it's mm-hmm. not their it's not their uh, I would say mistake or there's nothing to blame there because they have like 200 patients to see every day. So um I did not know what is PCOS that time Google also was not enough researched there was not much information that time but I did not take it seriously there was no counseling she told me you could have PCOS just exercise more and eat homemade food that's all but uh, when I went back to the UK I came back after my studies when I was here starting my career again that is when i got my pcos full blown and when i was diagnosed with pcos at that point in time my acne was full blown my hair loss was really bad my weight gain was really bad and uh, when uh, i was told that i have pcos the, the next thing i was doing i was crying because i didn't know what to do and mm-hmm. at that particular time if there were so many self help pages i would not have gone so bonkers about it googling and don't know where to land up and i was struggling with oh if if i should do ayurveda oh i don't know if this 21 day pill is making me sick because until i completed the course after that i realized oh this pill is making me sick this was the reason why i was feeling so uncomfortable now mm-hmm. i get messages from people saying that nidhi we read on your page that you know pills could make you sick my doctor has prescribed me should i take them i wish there was somebody who i could talk to before i could mm. start treatment or before i knew okay these are my options let me see what suits best you know i would have been the blessed girl uh, i would have managed my pcs much better early on so uh, i took couple of years to understand my body couple of years to understand various treatments and definitely would have saved all those years and would have been in a better place in terms of my emotional wellbeing as well so absolutely so at least this journey helped you to be the you know to make the healer inside you to be born and start this movement i i honestly thank my pcos uh, that the kind of person i have met myself because i never knew that i'm going to be so giving and i'm going to be that healer in people's life and that is absolutely um you know a very very happy and gratifying feeling so yeah i would thank pcos for that in fact in my case I mean listening to your story I'm sure many people who are going through PCOS they would be saying oh she is just talking like what I'm going through I wish I also knew this so somebody diagnosed with PCOS what would be your first awareness that you would like to bring give to them 
That's a very good question because uh, the reason why I said it's a good question that um, my DMs are full of, Nidhi, do you have a diet plan for PCOS? And the first thing I tell them, firstly, take out this diet in, from your mind because it's not the food which is the culprit. It is the lifestyle. So when you mm. come out of your doctor's clinic, they say, change your lifestyle. And you go to a dietitian to say, okay, can you give me a PCOS diet plan? That is the, uh, the worst approach one can take. So mm. uh, in my opinion, and, and what I believe is, I first explain that what is lifestyle? So lifestyle is much more than the food. So lifestyle includes your sleep. So if your sleep is not perfect, then you might not, you know, see good changes with the diet. So uh, firstly, change your approach, unlearn things and learn things about your body. See mm -hmm. if that food that you're eating is everything wrong on the plate or is food at first the culprit or is it the time that you are spending more on your screen and you're not moving, there is no exercise. So uh, I tell them firstly and explain what lifestyle could mean for them. And it could be me, it could be different for everybody. You know, uh, a person who's very active and still have PCOS, that means there needs to be some relaxation time. So it's not like you can generalize information. So PCOS is not generalized in terms of treatment. PCOS is not a diet plan. PCOS is not a medication. It is how you live your life. So uh, in my consultations and my group programs, we try to understand how this person, um, you know, is living their daily life. Most of like, say, out of the seven days in a week, how does six days in a week look like for them? And which could be your triggers? It could be nutritional deficiencies, which you're not addressing. Why are those nutritional deficiencies coming in place? Is gut health has to do with anything. Um, and there are people who are very, very long-term, uh, you know, takers of pills and hormonal medication where they need detox or they need to cleanse that out of their system to just start on a clean plate. So uh, diet plan is not where you start from. You start from learning things about your body, which you might not have known otherwise. So that's what that's where I start from. And that's my approach always. And which I learned the hard way. I learned the hard way by having a really bad relationship with my food where I started Googling and understood, oh, you have to follow gluten-free and dairy-free diet. Wow, I'll do that and just reverse my PCOS. But I ended up spoiling my relationship with the food, taking out foods which I loved that was not how it should work. So I learned it hard way over the years. There was nobody to guide me, but keeping the same foods, how do you respect the food on your plate? How you respect your body's limits? This is what we, I think what we need to work on. Um, and that's where we start from. Basically what you're saying is you have to, I mean, uh, when somebody comes with this question, you tell them first, you have to unlearn, empty the cup so that we can fill up more. I think yes. that's where the whole idea is. Yes, absolutely. We have so many myths and uh, not myths, I mean, uh, disbeliefs that diet is going to solve the things. Like I always tell people when they come for my consultation, say, should I follow this diet to, you know, heal myself from PCOS? I would tell her diet is like the first three words, D-I-E, die. You know? It never helped. Uh, and in Ayurveda, we believe, you know, it's not what you eat, it's how you digest that matters. So first we have to change the way you're 
and that comes with your lifestyle and your metabolism is a result of your lifestyle right. and i really appreciate that you put the sleep aspect you know i always tell you know sometimes patients would come and say doctor i am eating right i am not eating anything unhealthy i don't drink alcohol i don't smoke i work out but still i don't know why i'm having such problems and when i ask them what time do you go to sleep i go to sleep like 132 o'clock and and when i tell them if you compromise on your sleep it cancels out all the other good habits that you have absolutely and to in order to learn that you know if i have like one hour consultation 45 minutes will be to explain to them why sleep is important and okay. only then they get into the other side i know you absolutely absolutely that's so true so Nidhi, in your, you know, in, in, it's such an experience that you had after you started this movement, and when you saw, when you ha- helped so many women, where do you think women are missing this bus that got them so much into this PCOS uh, pandemic? Okay, not pandemic, like a yeah. uh, PCOS disease spectrum. Uh, so I feel that um, um, for everybody, as I said, each but each. body is different so for me my pcs could be triggered for because of something else while there is somebody who's just had a major loss in their family and because of that stress you know she's affected her periods are affected uh there could be somebody who's uh you know um had a really really child like traumatic childhood and um that might be affecting all those adrenals and the stress led to all the pcos now one thing that everybody that i spoken to um is missing on is that how badly pcos affects them so there is a category of and and there's so many young girls who come to me saying that you know i've been suffering from pcos from the age of 13 but what i tell them is that that's very early to get your pcos so mm-hmm. especially the ad- adolescents and the very young girls um the puberty f- uh, physiological factors or the symptoms or say the features i would say rather the features of puberty are very similar to pcos so diagnosing pcos in at when you were 13 years or 14 years is something i don't uh, immediately believe because this is where you might has some hormonal imbalance but which is normal uh so what people miss out on is the correct diagnosis first of all mm-hmm. so they might not have a good diagnosis they would self diagnosis there is a lot of fear of meeting the gynecologist because they think that oh if i go to the gynecologist i will get a pill and which i don't want so i will just rather look at this knowledge and self diagnose which is the biggest mistake women do and what it could actually delay their diagnosis and could lead to other um you know other uh, you know the uh, we, the diseases that you don't want in your life because even for the diagnosis you have to rule out certain other things like thyroid hyperlactin all these things so uh, i would say that once you start to get the features make sure that you have a good diagnosis so that wherever you're landing up you're landing up early in your diagnosis and you're landing up correctly wherever you are okay mm-hmm. second is that definitely the lifestyle that we have post covid it has got to um, you know a place where we don't have um, you know distinction between work and home sometimes or, or your personal time with your partner or personal time with your family which is affecting your stress levels of course and you end up doing more work so your lifestyle has become even more workaholic 
Um, mm. And I would say that I've also learned on my journey, you know, everybody's learned in COVID, nobody expected that to happen. Uh, but lifestyle, when we call it, is definitely, first of all, how much time do you sort of spend with yourself? Um, clearly, sp- uh, speaking to so many women, uh, uh, I feel that we do not give enough time for us to check in and check out f- with ourselves. Uh, what we do is we get up early on and directly dive into the breakfast without even asking, okay, how are you doing this morning? How are your energy levels? Did you sleep well last night? How do you feel today? How, how much will you achieve today? How much do you want to do today? That doesn't happen. You have those 10 things which you slept with. You wake up with those 10 things and maybe 15 more. And then mm-hmm. you have that toast or egg and toast, a very quick, quickest breakfast that you can do and sit on your table. And then you don't end up getting up from it in the night. The sedentary lifestyle that we live, and we do this, we continue to do this over and over um, again, like days and months pass by, and then you realize that you know your periods are not coming because we're made to move, we are not moving, we're made to even connect with our souls, which we are not doing. We don't even know what we're trying to do. Are we are, are we able to achieve our full potential? So I feel that it's very important to give those. Even if you give 15 to 20 minutes early in the morning to set your intentions, check in with yourselves uh, and in the night, check out with yourselves that, okay, this, I, I wanted to do these 10 things, but I did just eight things, but I did them perfectly. And I'm not going to beat myself up for not doing those two mm-hmm. things. And I'm happy. And I, you know, I'm going to sort of uh, spend like 10 minutes just reading or meditating or just journaling down. That itself gives a lot of relaxation and meditation in your mind because uh, in the rush of doing things these days, we sort of lose that concept of spending time with yourselves. So this is what I practice and this is what I tell in my counseling as well. It's very important to do check in, check out. Uh, If you don't have time in the morning to work out, make time any time in the day, but do check in and check out with yourselves, even if it's like 15 minutes sitting out and staring at the sky or just looking at your plants. Mm-hmm. That's much needed. So I feel, and the diet comes and, and stop the relationship with the food. How much time mm-hmm. do you include to have that meal? Do you gulp it down in five minutes or you spend 15 minutes sitting down with your family and just chewing that food and being happy about it, looking at it? So all these smaller things, I think we've started to lose out in our daily lifestyle. That's so true. I think I love the word you mentioned, check-in and check-out. Can you a bit more elaborate on that? Uh, How can we, I'm sure this is not just for PCOS. I think this is for most of the metabolic disorders and stress issues, the lifestyle uh, things are creating. I'm sure this this would be helpful. So could you just explain more? How can we do this check-in, check-out more regularly and frequently in our life? That, yes, that's my favorite activity. So what, well, how you can practice it is very, very, very easy. You just need to take out uh, 10 minutes, if not mm-hmm. more, just 10 minutes is enough in the morning and in the night before you go to bed. So when you get up in the morning, when you, you, you just got up, you brush your teeth and you do, you know, you take warm water, whatever people like to do. Uh, Don't go anywhere else, but just find a nice spot in your house. It could be a balcony. It could be a room, which is, you know, which gives you a bit of silence. And just close your eyes uh, with that warm 
cup of water and just feel how you how you sort of see the day today how do you feel did you sleep well uh, how are you feeling today do you feel tired do you feel sad how much energy do you have do you want to do those 10 things is it a good day to do that or do you want to just take your time and reflect today uh basis of how you feel you take out your diary which i always carry with myself my favorite diary and i write five things that i want to do today and i'm not going to with 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 the promise that i'm not going to beat myself up it's not going to happen all five things are not going to happen but this is my to do and priority if i achieve this it's amazing if i do three of these it's perfect but i can achieve those three and uh, i plan my day around that uh, giving myself enough time to have my meals also because in the pandemic you sort of lose out when to have food and when not plan out your day and just do some breath work of pranayam and that's it that's your check in that's that's setting the day setting the intentions of the day and that sort of relaxes you versus you wake up and you're like oh i need to do those five things and you're not able to plan your day and that is roaming in your head and till the evening you're not even able to achieve two out of those because of the anxiety and the stress um uh, and and because of the so many calls and google meets and zoom meetings it's very difficult to achieve those four things that you had planned also so this helps uh, and this keeps you grounded to your to dos or whatever important work that you have to do and then in the night after your dinner or when you're about to set get into the bed um what i love to do is what i practice is using some essential oils um something like lavender or geranium um are very very good for pcos just to calm yourself down so it sort of shuts you down so check out is that you're shutting down like a machinery you start when you start your car also you uh start the ignition and you give a few seconds so that it can start right that's the check in and check out is when you shut it it takes a few seconds before it shuts down so we are also in fact we are slower than the machines we're not machines we also take a bit more time to get into a different zone so just as we close the laptop for the day uh i get into my um you know uh, dressing room i use some essential oils use them on my face relax use uh, you know whatever you like to read or if you like to meditate uh if you like to look you know listen to a podcast which you feel is very inspiring whatever can give you some hope and positivity in your life there's no rule so your check out could be reading a book your check out could be just staring uh at the sky uh and looking at the stars your check out could be listening to your favorite music your check out could be singing a song or your mm-hmm. check out could be just talking to your husband how your day went mm-hmm. um and these essential oils or say you know uh, uh hip bath or there's so many other activities that you can do just just shut down shutting down is very important uh the bad practice is you shut down your laptop and go to bed and expect that sleep will come on its own because your body also takes time to produce those hormones and sort of mm-hmm. uh settle down so this helps this sort of uh brings me in the zone of relaxation and and it's up to you how much you want to spend that time to read a book or um you know just give yourself time and the phone goes away phone goes on the charge before you check out your phone is already away and you pick it up right in the morning exactly uh, i think uh, uh yes 
No, I just wanted to say this has this process has changed my life because technology is really, really uh, it can be boon and a bane. So I feel that there should be some boundaries. So this is what I love doing. And this is what I also uh, tell people to do. Well, I think that makes a huge difference. I mean, when uh, what you're talking about, how to calm down or relax, whenever I see person suffering from metabolic disorders, okay, like PCOS or diabetes or any other hormonal imbalance, one thing that is very clear inside them when I talk to them is they forgot the art of relaxation. You know, they really don't know what it means to really relax. Uh, or sometimes, you know, they are burnout and then they go to sleep or sometimes if they are into binge eating, then that is a way of for them to distract from the anxiety or the problem that they're constantly thinking to come out of it. And today, what I see is metabolic disorders, one of the default conditions is how to come back to the art of relaxing, how to shut down your overstimulated nervous system. I think that doesn't work like how you turn off a mobile phone or turn off a light. It, it has to have a preparation, just like how you warm up for a, you know, prepare for an exercise, you need to warm down after that. Now that thing, they just think that it just goes like that. Now yeah. that's the biggest yeah. unlearning that they have to do. I think that is very clear with what you mentioned. And uh, so Nidhi, when, when people come to you for your assistance and I'm, uh, you said that you do a lot of counseling. Now I'm sure one thing that I, I see when many of the PCOS patients come to me is body gain, hair loss and cosmetic issues. So I see a lot of body shaming issues. And especially if they are in an age where they have to get married or, you know, they are in an age where they have to show themselves in a good way. So how do you help them uh, to deal with that? Okay, some, sometimes why I'm asking this like this, because I'm sure you can give the right experience because you went through that, you know. Sometimes when I tell my patients, you have to, this is, oh, you are a man. How will you understand what I'm going through? And also when somebody is having hair loss, you have to relax. That's the worst thing you can tell them. They get even more stressed <laughs> when you Absolutely. tell them. You nailed it uh, because when you, when you tell somebody that, oh, are you having a hair loss? Oh, are you having an acne? Uh, oh, have you tried losing weight? You have already uh, uh, you know got yourself on the hate list of that person because mm -hmm. she would know that what she's going through so rather than uh, you know um, and and when a person has that intention of losing weight uh, and getting that hair back and making changes she might have done a hundred things before she has already. come to you so your first approach as anybody who's you know dealing with PCS patients should be uh, being very mindful of using certain words um, uh, when you are talking to them. So instead of saying that um, how much time have you, you know, invested in sort of losing weight, why are you not losing weight and let me give you a diet plan to lose weight, you would rather say that you know I understand that you know you want uh, you indicated that you want to lose weight and you must have tried everything but is there anything that you've not tried or how can I help? Uh, uh, being not, instead of being directive, just offering help um, and asking them how you can help. Um, body image issues, I feel is the first step is to make a safe space where the person has started to accept where she is. 
Uh, so once a person is a place where she is very healthy and she wants to lose weight or she's losing hair, sometimes it's just the stress and they're like, it cannot be it. This is not it. This is a temporary situation. This is not it. And you don't want to be in a place where you can start even making changes because you're so stressed and anxious about your current situation. You're like, okay, I'll do 10 things and whatever doesn't work and whatever works, I'll pick up from that. It doesn't work like that. So you have to make a safe space uh, and say that, okay, um, firstly, you have to understand that where you are currently, this is how much you weigh. And uh, you, if you need to make changes, then these are the first three things we have to try. And if this doesn't work, let's be open to try other things. But please understand that this is going to take some time because it has taken time for you to gain all this weight and whatever situations may have caused you. I'll give you an example from my experience that there was a young girl um, in her 20s and early 20s, in fact, and she was on a very healthy side and full-blown PCOS she had. And she was very, very anxious and very stressed out. And she said that, Nidhi, you know what? Uh, I cannot take it anymore because my parents are asking me to lose weight in three months because there's a guy who needs, who's coming to see me from another uh, state. Uh, so I had to spend one session just with her parents to make them understand that do you even realize what has gone through in her mind and in her life that she is at this position where she has a lot of symptoms, including the weight. So if that weight has taken so much time to come in, it will also take some time to go off. Yes, there are very temporary methods where you can do, do go have cosmetic uh, procedures but inside the root cause is not addressed so i don't think that this will be even feasible for that for her emotional well-being uh, so the approach that we take is much calmer slower uh, it's okay to take your give yourself time is what i believe and you have to have a support system because body image issues comes uh, especially from people who are very close to you as well unfortunately your family end up giving you that aggression yes. that you have in your mind and you feel uncomfortable so first thing is you yourself educate that okay i know that i am at this place i am i need to lose weight or i need to get better or i need to work on my symptoms but if you do not support me i cannot go far and that mm -hmm. leads to depression if you do not address it so first thing is that you build your support system another example i would give you is very recent a girl is about to get married. She has, uh, uh, again, a lot of hair loss. And uh, she has an exam coming up. Lots of, lots of things are happening. And she's four months into getting married. And one first thing I ask her, okay, hold on. Who knows that you have PCOS around you? Does your partner to be knows about it? Mm -hmm. So I was very shocked to know that she did not tell her partner who's going to be her life partner. Uh, so we actually worked in a plan on how and what words, what, you know, what language should she can use so that, because not all men know about PCOS. So it's like a journey again, you're starting another conversation. And um, she talked to her partner right of the session and she messaged me that, Nidhi, you know what, this has just increased my courage to deal with this. And I'm so happy I had this conversation. And uh, she said that she can't th thank me enough because she would not have that conversation. Now, when you, when you know that your parents know, your partner knows, your in-laws knows, 
you have that support system so even if you go make that change in your diet or in your eating patterns or you want to spend that particular time exercising and those people will respect your boundaries those people will respect your time and you will feel comfortable you you will mm. be comfortable with how you are even if you getting angry and they can just make fun of you after that that okay we understand you have pcs and you might be going through mood changes let her be let you know let her be wherever she is so i feel building the support system is the first step when you mm-hmm. suffer alone that's when you get body image issues that's where you get depression and even if you have body image issues have your goals okay this is how you if you look like this maybe you will be much more confident or you'll be happier then work towards those goals but with that support system and giving yourself time so mm-hmm. that's what i believe should be the approach and works well i think you nailed it i think uh, whenever people come up with those issues telling them you have to be realistic and they don't understand what it means to be realistic you know it's like you know we have this joke you can't have one baby just because you have nine women and in one month you can't have the baby you know <laughs> yeah that doesn't work that way our body is not like a machine it has its own cycle it has its own timing it has it takes its own time to heal and this is one thing i always tell them whenever you force your body you're delaying the healing that's always how it goes yes. and the more you force it you know and also another thing as you said when somebody is suffering from issues of pcos let's say weight gain and one of the reasons why they gain weight okay they might they don't know how to deal with the uh, they don't know how to deal with the cravings and how to eat mindfully and how to also change the lifestyle in such a way that they don't crave for unhealthy food and mm-hmm. on top of that when they go through the body shaming they get stressed and that only makes them eat more unhealthy yes it's like a rabbit hole Yes. And in order to break that pattern you have to first make realistic goals and that makes such a huge difference you know once i know this is the realistic goal then i realize it's not just me you know sometimes they come and say why it's only me why it doesn't happen to other people other people are doing the same but why only me so i think counseling a pcos patient has more to do with calming down the anxiety and making them realize how the realistic time is to come out of it i think that's what Uh, i could get out from you and that's what most of the holistic practitioners do i guess absolutely and educating um your not only yourself uh, but mm-hmm. people around you who are your loved ones uh, who you interact in your daily life could be your best friends partners in laws immediate family members is very very important especially if you have um, uh, you know relying on social media uh, and looking at incredible information can also sort of give you a lot of stress so on top of it all most importantly get your good information uh, from your practitioners um, and uh, educate yourself and your loved ones and then looking at the holistic ways of managing your pcos i think is the best way to start that's that's really uh, insightful wisdom i mean coming to one more thing i'm sure you know we cannot generalize pcos you know everybody could have a different uh, issue some people could have hirsutism some people could have uh, weight gain some people could have hair loss i mean it can vary from person to person but if somebody hurt pcos if they are not having the support system and they don't have the right practitioner or a 
therapist to deal with them what can they do at home if you could help them certain things that they can follow at home in your experience that you uh, have counseled so many women to come out of that what would you recommend and of course don't take whatever we are discussing right now as a medical uh, support system to consult a doctor but at the same time as an awareness what would be your suggestions in that i think firstly uh, would be understanding your cravings and the signs that your body gives your body could be your own healer and your doctor so if you're looking at symptoms that means if you have acne uh, there's something wrong in your metabolism or gut health so do not ignore symptoms where you have some gut issues say chronic constipation or frequent diarrhea or a lot of bloating these are the signs which you can list down that okay this is what i feel these are the cravings that i get and these are the times that i get them so those are your starting points so definitely uh, food is um, food can heal your hormones if you do it in the right way um do not go for a diet plan in fact uh, look uh, to look at your food at a place where you can include more fiber more nature based foods a uh, mm-hmm. food which are um, whole foods and not processed so first of all cutting out everything that you see coming from a packet so i tell um, uh, you know my clients that uh, put a scanner on your eyes whatever goes in your mouth has to be clean it cannot come mm. from any packet be it a, a ketchup be it a marinade bottled sauces anything uh, we have the luxury of uh, you know time more time since we are at home so cook everything at home so once you stop that any any uh, you will you will get opportunity to nourish more and stop eating those dead food which has been stored in a can and whatsoever so much as much as you can do or even if you're sourcing source it from a conscious baker if you're looking at bakery items and you love eating that bread so sources from a conscious baker who's not going to put that sugar who's not going to put that yeast and it's made in a much more conscious way so minimizing the processed foods minimizing uh, outside foods only having ghar ka khana is the first approach second is looking at your sleep patterns uh, in fact that was the first one so looking at your sleep patterns sleeping from uh, say at 1 am and getting up at 10 am getting your 8 hours sleep doesn't mean that you've you know had a good sleep because you are losing an opportunity of um, you know a dosha clock that you're blessed with or a circadian rhythm we have we call in a modern science that um, each morning is an opportunity uh to self balance your hormones your hormones are um you know already by nature um, you know no when they have to be you know sort of released and using that opportunity to self balance your hormones can be a great way to start so sleeping early say practically if you look at 10 10:30 going to bed waking up maximum by 7 because i feel after 7 your clock sort of changes and goes into a different um, dosha if you look at ayurveda or and even in the circadian rhythm uh so sleeping on time getting up on time whatever you're doing in the night rather than do you know sleeping early like you can do it in the morning so instead of sleeping late 
sleep early, whatever you're spending time to do late in the night, do it in the morning, you'll do it better and do it more efficiently. Uh, giving your uh, stomach some rest. So practicing uh, 12 hour fasting um, and just uh, eating your dinner early and not having a lot of um, uh, don't stuff a lot of food and you give your stomach some time to metabolize because in a sedentary lifestyle, your, your body is not processing your food as fast as you would when you're active. Uh, include lots of fiber, as I said. So starting your day with some fibers or fruit, mm-hmm. any kind of fruit that you like. And then, um, you know, before you get into your solid meals, just give yourself a break while that fiber is sort of you know, doing its magic. You can also do like vegetable juices if you like. It depends. Not everybody takes it well. So very simple is to have an apple or have a banana and have some soaked raisins or badam. Uh, then you have your solid meals. Um, somewhere in the between of um, lunch and breakfast, you can have your herbal tea, which you can make out of your spices in the kitchen. So a CCFT, which works really well in the Ayurveda, you know, you can do that. It helps you to ignite your metabolism as well. And you can have some soaked figs or you can make some gharka banawa laddu, you know. Um, um, figs are great. There are so many nuts that you can do. So again, important is to have good fats, good hormones um, and minimizing your cooking in the vegetables, how you cook. So cooking uh, more mindfully using our iron kadhais and um, you know going away from toxin uh, uh, toxin based utensils as well what you see in the modern market these days mm-hmm. going back to a basic is what what I feel will help so cooking more mindfully less oil but lots of vegetables uh, eating at least six colors on your plate um, uh, you know putting those six colors on your plate is very important. Um, and as you rightly said before, practicing the six uh, ras on the plate is very important. So your food should have all kinds of uh, taste on the plate. Really, really helps. Uh, so I always tell that, you know, try to have a rainbow plate. Uh, if you feel that you only have four colors, make a nice salad and start with that. So you'll complete that rainbow very easily. Uh, so having rainbow on your plate Uh, Try to have your big, big meals between, you know, 10 to 2 p.m., 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. And then in the evenings, again, you can do some herbal teas. Between all of this, try to move, keep moving. If you feel that you've sat for almost two hours, get up and just roam around, go in the balcony, have a walk. Um, If you have calls, then try to put your headphones in. If you don't want to show your face, you don't have to show your face. Just keep walking in that call. So how do you manage the movement is up to you. You have to be very mindful of your movement, the way you eat mindfully. Uh, and having early meals, so say um, uh, if it's not feasible for you to have your dinner by 6.30, by 7, 7.30, finish your meals. Um, so that's that's what I would say. And obviously, check-in, check-out is what I would also practice every day. You know, make sure that you're spending time calling a friend or spending that time with your husband, especially people who, you know, who have fertility issues. You know, they say that, you know, Nadi, I've been trying to conceive. If you're not spending that time with your partner and just make an activity like a thing that is supposed to be done, uh, you will not achieve your, 
you know goals or you will not be able to you know work on your conception so these are the softer elements like what i call that um you know five fingers make a fist so for me my uh, first important element is sleep then how you eat for your hormones without dieting and losing your mind movement and not exercise so that movement could be your dance that movement could be any activity that you love it could be practicing a sport that you love uh fourthly it is emotional well-being so emotional well-being and sleep are connected so this has to work in balance uh and if this is not in balance these both won't work so you must have noticed if you're depressed and you're really your mood is off you won't feel like sleeping you won't feel like working out so these are both connected and if this is not happening then these two will not happen and the last one is making use of herbs which we are blessed with in our indian kitchen so using them to your benefit uh making kadhas making nice teas and using them as your herbal teas and rather than you know picking up a green tea which is full of caffeine and um you know not even pure in the market these days so this is what you can do without buying anything from the market and without going to anybody is what i feel is a great way to start your journey and of course keeping a food diary or a journal which helps you understand that okay out of these 10 things that i listed down happened to me these are gone so maybe there's something that i'm doing right and there's something that i'm still not doing right so how can i work on it so taking step by step approach and um taking it slow without beating yourself up but being very mindful of how your body reacts to everything is where you can start with Oh, that's fantastic! I think you really hit uh, hit the nail. I mean, when patients come to me with PCOS, I always tell them treatment is sixty percent your lifestyle, forty percent. Even in that forty percent, we can reduce just by following this lifestyle change. We can actually recover without any treatment itself. And they think no, they expected some miracle herb <laughs> from. Himalayan mountains, and then something will change, and or they need to go to some uh, gynecologist and do some surgery. These are the kind of thinking that they have. But yeah. it's just simple: get back to your roots, get back to your basics, respect yourself, and your body is the greatest miracle that is ever created in this planet. And just listen to that intelligence, and everything will heal by itself. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Nidhi. That was really an eye-opening. And how can people reach out to you? Okay, yeah. So they can uh, go to our website. It's called www.pcsclubindia.com. Uh, they can also email me at pcsclubindia@gmail.com. They, if they are on Instagram, they can find my page. It's called PCS Club India. So these are the three places uh, where you can easily find me and contact me, and uh, you can DM me on my Instagram, and we'll get back to you. Well, thank you so much, Nidhi. I am really inspired and also touched with the work that you're doing. You're helping so many women who are, you know, looking for help and they are not able to get that. And this is the I wish, you know, so many times uh, when I treat a patient and they would say, "I wish what you told me was told to me long time ago." And like that, whatever you said, I'm sure many women who are going through that would say that I wish I knew this long time ago. And and thank God, you know, you are at least, if not whoever couldn't benefit that from now onwards, they could benefit from the work that you're doing. And thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, Doctor.
much for uh, inviting me and i feel you're doing a terrific job creating uh, you know a repository of these success stories and i hope a lot people even the men in our community listen to this because we need more and more awareness about this condition which is almost becoming a epidemic so i'm uh, really glad that you uh, chose me uh, uh, as your guest today and i could speak about my journey i'm i'm uh, i'm really honored to be here thank you so thank much thank you so much thank you welcome all right good luck thank you